All right, good morning. Welcome this morning. How's everybody doing? You guys doing good? It's so good to gather, isn't it, together again? So-so? Yeah. Mm. It's awesome. Happy Mother's Day, by the way, moms. Yeah. Thank you, moms. Ew. Not dads. Don't be raising your hand back there. <laughs> Next month. That's right. Hey, a couple uh, quick announcements um, we have a Mother's Day photo booth across the parking lot in the warehouse, not in the main section, but that little door, it's a single door that goes into the warehouse. You'll be able to see it. I think it's open. You can pull in there and take some shots with your mom uh, to bless her. Um, so a little photo booth. And then also uh, five o'clock service today will be in the back parking lot. So it's going to be not only a drive-in service, it's going to be drive-in, it's going to be online service, and check this out, you can pull up in your truck, back your truck up, put your chairs in the back of your truck, or we're going to save the whole front row and you can bring your lounge chair, your beach chair, and pull on up for a front row seat. Yes. <laughs> So we're going to try to bring everybody together this afternoon. Come on back, 5 o'clock service. We'll worship the Lord together if you can join us. This morning we have a Bible study. We are in 1 Corinthians, where are we at anyway? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll get one to you. What verse do we leave off on? Verse 1, nice. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read the verses. We're only going to make it through 11 verses this morning. So here's what God's Word says. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles or you were heathens carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, But it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Why? For the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, 
to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You so much this morning for this special time to gather together as a family, as the body of Christ. That this morning, Lord, that you would be speaking to our hearts, meeting us right where we are at. Help us, Lord, to correctly divide your word, to correctly apply it in our lives. Thank you for your transforming work. May you change us, mold us, shape us, for you are the potter. We are the clay. Our lives are in your hands. And so have your way in this place. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. So we're talking about this morning, actually for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. And I know the moment we mention spiritual gifts, it can be controversial, controversial issue in the church. There's so much misunderstanding concerning the gifts of the Spirit. Um, There can be oftentimes an overemphasis of certain gifts also over or to the exclusion of other gifts that we learn about in the Scriptures. Um, Hopefully, and I'm prayerfully, um, I believe that we're going to come to a better understanding of the spiritual gifts and really have a balanced uh, perspective as we work our way through God's Word together and what He would have for us as a congregation as well. Um, God has blessed us, by the way, with spiritual gifts. It's important to remember that, each one of us. That's one of the points, major points that Paul is making here. And major takeaway this morning is that every one of us has received at least one gift from God. At least one gift from Him. So remember the context with me, though. Paul is writing to the church. Where's the church at? Church of Corinth, right? And remember, by and large, this letter is corrective, isn't it? We've seen chapter after chapter after chapter, Paul bringing correction to the church. Why? Because he loves them. He cares about them. This church had a lot of issues, right? Didn't we learn, like, last week they were getting drunk at the communion table? This church was famous for sexual immorality. This church was was jacked up, you guys. And what's so beautiful is the, the Lord uses Paul in a special way to help them get back on track. In fact, as we read this, they had a lot of issues, but they were also radically blessed. They were radically blessed, especially in the area of spiritual gifts. They were not afraid to use the spiritual gifts that God had given them. The problem was, in Corinth, was everyone wanted to use the gifts at the same time. And it was, a, it was a chaotic situation. It was coming to church was chaos. It was, it was out of control, out of order. Maybe you've been to a church like that. I have. I'm going to talk about it later. And so the misuse of the spiritual gifts caused division. It created conflict within the body. And the purpose of the gifts we learn here is to do what? It's to build up the church to build us up, to connect us closer together, to edify one another, and to glorify God. Their Sunday morning uh, gathering was a mess. And Paul's going to take three chapters to help them sort things out and help us too. Help us learn God's plan for his church. Isn't it good to have his plan for the church? What he wants, what he wills, his desires, his choice. 
So Paul begins, look what he says there with me in verse 1. Let me draw your attention there. He says, now concerning, so he shifts gears, now concerning what? Some of your translations say spiritual gifts. In the Greek, the word gifts was not there. It's concerning spirituals. It would include spiritual gifts, but it's speaking about things that are connected with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, Specifically, though, in context, Paul is talking about the gifts. And so God gives us spiritual gifts. He blesses us with spiritual gifts. They are spiritual, they are supernatural, they are wonderful, and they are connected with the work of the Holy Spirit within each one of us. Listen, we are not talking about, I want to make sure we're clear, we're not talking about natural abilities. We're not talking about innate talents. We're not talking about a, per, uh, uh, a personality profile, if you will. We're not talking about learned talents or learned abilities, nor are we talking about the fruit of the Spirit. That's not what we're talking about this morning. We'll talk about that later in Galatians 5. We are talking about spiritual gifts that are supernatural capacities or abilities that God has given believers. And he says, he's going to tell us why the purpose in just a moment. We just read through it. And so Paul says, brethren, my brothers and sisters, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about these things. Ignorant means without understanding, um, like street level means out to lunch. You know what I mean? Out to lunch. I don't want you guys without understanding, out to lunch here, continually lost. I want you to understand about spiritual gifts. And remember in chapter 1, Paul said that they came short in no gift. In other words, this church, again, was radically blessed with spiritual gifts. They're operating all the spiritual gifts. The problem was, remember in chapter 3, Paul said, looking at these divisions and issues in the church, guess what? You're immature. There's a lack of maturity in your life. So just because someone is spiritually gifted does not necessarily mean that they are a mature believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, spiritual gifts don't always correlate to spiritual maturity. We want to go on to maturity. We want to grow up spiritually and allow God to use those gifts in our lives and hone those gifts in our lives that we might be sharp for Him and our lives would be a blessing to one another. And so Paul reminds them, look what he says in verse uh, 2. He takes them kind of a a trip back down memory lane, doesn't he? He reminds them where they came from. And what does he say? Look what it says to me. You know, you are well aware of what you once were. You were once, it says Gentiles, but it speaks of heathens, those that don't have a relationship with the true and the living God through Jesus Christ. He goes, you remember what you were once involved in. Look what it says to me. You were carried away. Literally, you were continually led away to what? What does your Bible say? Dumb idols. You know, the first time I read that, when I, when, when I first started walking with Jesus, I read dumb idols. I'm like, you're right, Paul. Idols are dumb. They're stupid. <laughs> Can you say stupid in church? I just did. Sorry. That, but that's what I thought it meant, which they are, because idols can't see, they can't speak, they can't deliver, they can't set free, they don't answer prayer. But literally, it means that they are, they're, they're dumb idols, they're mute, they can't speak. And think about it, our God speaks, doesn't he? Aren't you glad he speaks to us? I mean, that's, a, that's a miracle. God would stoop down and speak to our hearts. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, 
and they follow me. What a blessing. By God's grace, we get to hear his voice. And so remember, though, these people were coming out of this background where they would go worship in temples, right? Temples of false idols, false gods. They were involved with traditions, mystical stuff that they were involved in also. They, were, they, they thought they were spiritual, right? You ever met somebody like that? I'm not religious. I don't believe in God. I'm just spiritual. Anybody ever? Some of you are laughing. You know exactly what I'm talking. I'm just a spiritual person. That's where they were, right? Paul's like, don't forget, you used to be at a place where you bow down to idols, false gods. That's where you once were, the works of men's hands, worshiping yourself, self-worship, big deal too. That's where you once were. You were worshiping things with no voice, no voice of truth, no voice of clarity, no voice of authority in your life. They were phony. You were worshiping phony gods. But what happened? I mean, think about where we came from. You ever take a trip back down memory lane? Aren't you glad the Lord rescued you? Man. And there's times when we... There, listen, there's times we do need to look in the rearview mirror to be reminded. But if you leave the parking lot and that's all you do is look in the rearview mirror, what's going to happen? You're going to run into this dude next door, right? There's times that we need to look back in the rearview mirror to be reminded of where we came from. Paul's, and why is Paul reminding them, by the way? Why is Paul reminding them of their background? Why is this so important? Think about it with me. Again, when the Lord begins to use us, when the Lord begins to use our lives, the spiritual gifts He's given us, what can be the temptation? To think we're something very special, we're, we're the awesome one, right? We're, we're pretty amazing, Right? We, we become, we can, it's easy to become prideful when the Lord begins to use your life in a special way. But Paul reminds them, hey, listen, it's by God's grace he rescued you. It's by God's grace. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. He rescued you. He saved you. He set your feet upon the rock. He's allowed you the privilege to serve him. He's given you gifts to serve him by his grace. Those gifts are undeserved. A gift is undeserved. It's given, right? It's just here. Take it. This is for you. And so the spiritual gift that God has given me doesn't make me better than anyone else. It's important to remember that in context here. Because again, in Corinth, they were thinking, my gift's better than your gift. All the gifts are necessary, you guys. All these, if you will, tools. My dad's a tool man. I'm the son of a tool man, if you didn't know that. With a son that doesn't know how to use tools that that good. (laughs) But my dad dad made sure that I was well-equipped when I came to Texas, okay, you're done playing baseball, you're going to need some tools. He didn't just throw, you know what, here's, here's a hammer, you'll be good with that. Correct? Don't you need, you need the drill, you need the bits, you need all kinds of different tools in order to get the job done. The Lord has gifted us with all kinds of different gifts, spiritual gifts, to get the job done, to get what He wants done for His glory. Well, look, look at verse 3. Therefore, in light of that, Paul says, in giving this, I want you to understand something. That no man that is communicating by the Spirit of God or under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit calls Jesus accursed, can damn Jesus, can curse Jesus. And no man can proclaim Jesus is Lord or he's the absolute authority, supreme authority in their life 
apart from a connection with the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you will not curse Jesus Christ. You're not going to curse Him. Why? Because He's rescued you. He's changed your heart. Isn't it funny how all those other, the people around us, the unbelievers, they use His name as a curse word? How come nobody says, Ah, Buddha, or Ah, Krishna, or are you with me? You know what I'm talking about? Ah, Muhammad. Because why? They're in rebellion to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They need Jesus. And once they come to know Him, how could you curse the one who's rescued you and saved you and forgiven you, given you a fresh start, given you life? And notice also, if you have the Holy Spirit, you will acknowledge Him as the absolute supreme authority in your life. Why? Because you're under new management. He's the boss. And you know what happens once you're under new management? Your life will begin to reflect that. Because Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I'm saying? It's, it doesn't fit. It's a contradiction. If he's Lord, I do what he says, right? And he gives me the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in those things that he's called me to. With absolute perfection, no. We fall, we stumble, we trip up, and then what do we do? We get right back up again and say, Lord, forgive me. Thank you for a second chance. Thank you that there's a new batch of mercies for me this morning. And I'll, I'll try again, Lord, and trust in you to do this. Before we, came, before we came to know him as Lord, did you care at all? Ah, I don't care. Who cares? You did whatever you wanted. But now there's been a change in your life. You're born again of his spirit. And it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. We have a God that works in us. False gods, Paul was saying, you were led, you were, you were uh, what, what else did he say there? You were not only led, you were carried away. I have a God now that carries me. Underneath are his everlasting arms. He's the one leading me. He's now my good shepherd, and he works in my heart and in my life, and he speaks to me. He speaks to us. He leads us personally. Paul's reminding them, don't forget where you came from. We have a God who desires to work through us, and guess what? He's going to complete that work, isn't he? He's going to complete the work he's begun in you, and he's given us spiritual gifts. Don't miss this. He's given us spiritual gifts that he might work through our lives to touch one another and to build up one another. Look at what he says, verse 4. Verse 4 says, there are diversities or varieties. It's the same word, diversities, differences, diversities. It, it means a variety. It's the same word in the Greek. We have a variety of gifts, but what? The same spirit. There are Differences of ministries, there's a variety of different ways to serve the Lord, but the same Lord, and there are diversities or varieties of activities of how you do what you do, but it is the same God who works all in all. Let me remind us, at Corinth, don't forget our context, the believers were comparing spiritual gifts with one another. Some with the gift of tongues had an attitude of superiority over their brothers and sisters. Those without the gift were looked down upon. We're going to learn about that in chapter 14. And so the diversity of gifts, the variety of gifts that God had given them was not leading to unity. Does God care about unity? Does God care about unity, y'all? All y'all? Plural of y'all? Does God care about He does, doesn't he? Jesus prayed we'd be one as he and the Father are one. So the diversities, the varieties of gifts weren't bringing them together in unity. 
bringing them together, but what? It was dividing them. There was conflict in the body of Christ. And so what's at the root of strife and conflict? By by pride comes nothing but strife. It's a pride issue. It, It comes right back to that. I'm better than you because of this. I'm superior to you because of me, myself, and I. I'm way more gifted. And so there's an issue. And listen, God has not gifted us all the same. He's gifted each one of us uniquely. There is variety. I mean, I look around. I love looking out at our church on Sundays and Wednesdays and seeing the variety of different people. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever looked around? Are you with me this morning? (laughs) Right? All different flavors. Some with hair, some without hair. Some brown's hair, some blonde, right? Some dyed hair. Total variety. And same way with the gifts. There's a variety of gifts that are meant to bring people who are different together. God wants to bring us all together, again, with our gifts. And that means there is a place for every believer, no matter what demographic, no matter what age, no matter what group or subculture you're a part of. Listen, there is a place for every believer to connect with and bless one another because each one of us has a gift or more, one or more gifts in order to serve and to bless one another. Well, look at verse 4. So there's a variety of different gifts. One Spirit, one Holy Spirit. God places gifts within us. He develops those gifts. And here's the thing this morning. Maybe you're saying, I don't know what my gift is. That's okay. Here's the first step. To believe that you are uniquely gifted by God. Some, maybe some of you are saying, Pastor... I don't like the gift I got. Can I (laughs) re-gift? Anybody here re-gift out here? Nope. Nobody? You liars? Some of you re-gift? Okay, there's one honest person in church this morning. Isn't re-gifting bogus, by the way? It's so selfish. I don't want this, but I'll give it to you. (laughs) Make myself look good, right? (laughs) <laughs> Is that what happens? You can't, listen, God knows what you need. Are his ways best? Have you found that in your life? His ways are best? He's given you the exact gift or gifts that he wants you to have. And it's by one spirit. And so verse 5, look at There's a variety of different ways to minister. There's a variety of different ways to serve others. There's a variety of different ways to use the gift or gifts that God has given you. Your ministry is your job or your calling within the body of Christ. Your unique place where you fit in with what God wants to do in that church, in that local church. And so there's a unique place in the body for you to use the gifts, to utilize those gifts that God has given you where you fit, where you fit in with others. And then the last thing he says, the last point he makes in this little section, is that there are diversities of activities. And that, what, what do I mean by that? That's, what does Paul mean by that? It's how you do what you do. In other words, you're uniquely gifted. God's called you to a unique place in the body to use those gifts, but it's how you do what you do. Listen, no, no two churches are alike. Aren't you glad for that? There's variety. 
The, the, those gifts and ministries will have their outworking in unique ways in the church, in the body. I love that. And within each person. It's not cookie cutter. The Lord uses us in different ways with the gifts that He's given us. There will be uniqueness and differences in the outworking individually in people and in churches also. God has called different churches to do different things. Two different things. Correct? We're not the same as this church around the corner here. The Baptist church are not the same as the church on the corner up on the end. God has called us, uniquely gifted us here And he's called us to do different stuff than them in a different way, ministry in a different way. And we have to be cool with that and not look down on our brothers and sisters, but say, hallelujah, thank you for your variety, Lord. I love that. Don't you guys like variety? Do you guys shop at the same place all the time or you ever go anywhere else? Some people do. Maybe that's that's a lame illustration. I like to mix it up a little bit, right? Heb and Walmart. Wally World. It's interesting though here, Paul subtly mentions the Trinity, by the way, just kind of a little side note in these verses, the triunity of God. In verse 4, he spoke of the Spirit. In verse 5, he speaks of the Son. And in verse 6, he speaks of the Father. Well, look at verse 7. What is the purpose of the spiritual gifts that God has given us? What's the purpose? Why? Why did he give them to us? Look what it says. He says in verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? To each one. Why? For the profit of all. It's interesting, that word manifestation means to come to light. And isn't that what happens? When we are operating in our giftings under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the gifts are a beautiful expression or exhibition of God's Spirit. So cool. Notice... This is given to each one of us. It's given. Gifts are received, and then they are revealed through our lives. Listen, gifts, the spiritual gifts are not earned or learned. They're not bought nor taught. That all rhymes, doesn't it? Well, what is the purpose of the gifts? Look what it says. The glorious work of God's Spirit is to benefit others and to be a blessing to everyone. It is for the profit of of all. That word prophet also means, check this out, it means to help, it means to bring together, it means to make better. And so what's God's desire? God's desire is to express himself through each one of us, and by doing so, we'd be brought together to help one another. When we gather, it wouldn't be for the worse, but it would be for the better. Good time for an amen, maybe not. We, we all have something to offer. All of the gifts are important. We all, that means we all need one another. And hopefully, prayerfully, we will continue to find ways to cooperate together to bring God glory. And you know what happens? People say, wow, look at, the, look at, the, look at these people. You're so different, yet you're on the same page. And God's doing, God's doing some really cool stuff in your lives. And you know what happens? His glory has seen. That manifestation, His glory is seen. He has seen in and through our lives. It's beautiful. Well, look at the gifts, verse 8 through 11. We have a list of the spiritual gifts. There are nine listed here. There's a few more at the end of the chapter also. I think it's like verse 28. I think, I mean, some people say there's like around 30 gifts 
um, that we read about. There's a list of about 30 gifts in, in the New Testament. Um, some say more, some say less. Um, this is not a comprehensive list here in these verses. I do know that. Um, I don't want to debate about it. You can check it out on your own. For further study, you can look at Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. Um, 1 Peter 4 also. Ephesians 4 also. Which verses, Pastor? You go look yourself. Check it out. Dig deep. Context. Acts chapter 2 also. You can check that out. And as we work our way through this chapter 2, we'll find a few more. Um, What I learned this week, I never really recognized before, the Bible really doesn't define the gifts. It doesn't, the Bible doesn't really define for us the gifts. I'm going to attempt to give some definitions. We certainly find examples of the gifts being used. Great place to go is the book of Acts. We see these gifts like flowing big time, right? And so um, what here we do at this church, at Calvary Temple, we do believe the gifts are for today. Because... And I know there's people that say they're called cessationists or some big term like that. They believe the gifts ceased with the canonization when the scriptures were complete. I don't believe that at all because the Bible doesn't teach that. And it's a very flimsy, at best, um, argument that people come up with. And if you want to talk to me about it afterwards or send me an email, um, send it to davemago at yahoo.com. <laughs> But listen, we believe and teach that all of the gifts spoken of in the New Testament are valid for the body of Christ. Why? They're necessary. They're vital. We need to be built up, don't we? We need to be strengthened. We need to be encouraged. We need to be helped. And just another side note, we don't build our service. I mean, if you've been here for any amount of time, we don't build our church services around the diversity, all these diversity of gifts operating at one time. And some churches do that. They're geared toward the expression of all the gifts during their time, their Sunday morning time of gathering. Again, if you've been to a church like that, it is out of control. It's like, what in the world? What did I drop in on here, man? I was going to save it for later, but I had a teammate in baseball, and uh, he loved the Lord. The church, the people of the church loved the Lord. I'm not going to say what church it was. But he would invite me to church, and we'd go to his church, and we'd walk in, sit down. I got my Bible. I'm like, all right, we're going to get into the Word. We're going to worship, get into the Word. And all of a sudden, it is just uh, tongues, tongues of palooza going on. Everybody, it's just like, just, okay, on the count of three, everybody just start speaking in your prayer language. And it's just like, and there's no interpretation, which we're going to talk about later. And so I left there like, Man, I wasn't edified. I wasn't built up. I'm just left with questions. Like, what in the world is going on in this place? And my buddy couldn't tell me what was going on. That's the sad thing. And it, either it's, somebody, it's learned behavior from people before them, or it's just they haven't been taught the Scriptures. They haven't learned what the Scriptures say concerning the gifts and the use, biblical use of the gifts and the examples we see within the Scriptures. Are you with me still? And so we order our services around the teaching of the Word of God. That doesn't mean the gifts are not in operation. Oh, listen, before we, we begin to sing, before we begin to get in the Word, before and after, listen, the gifts are happening. 
It's at street level, you guys. It's, there's words of wisdom being given out as people are praying for one another and encouraging one another. There's awesome stuff happening. But if you're saying, oh, wait a minute, so where's the prophesying parakeets? And where's the, well, I, in this corner of the word of wisdom, in this corner of the word of knowledge, we don't do that. It happens, and here's the deal. Here, 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 here's the deal. It happens supernaturally natural. It's not forced. It's not manipulated. As we love the Lord and love one another, Guess what begins to happen as we're serving him? That stuff starts to happen naturally, and it's glorious, and God heals and touches people, and, and, and words of wisdom are given, and words of knowledge are given, and people are built up and strengthened and edified, and it's glorious. And who gets the credit? He does. But if, if it's at street level. It's not like explosions and all kinds of, you know, check this out, and we're going to do this. No, 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 no. It's happening all around us. If you're tuned in, if you're watching, if you're willing, if you're willing to say, Lord, here's my life. You've given me gifts. I want to use those gifts for your glory. You start loving people and serving, loving him, loving people, serving the Lord. You're going to find out exactly where you fit in and the gifts that you have. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Well, look at verse 8. Let's talk about the gifts. One person receives what? The word of wisdom. Another receives what? The word of knowledge. And so knowledge means information, uh, input, if you will, uh, data. Wisdom is the correct application of information or data. Let me make it a little more street level for us. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing you don't put a tomato in fruit salad. Got that? Everybody... We clear on that? <laughs> I know it's another lame illustration. Come on, Mike. <laughs> so, word of wisdom. Listen, it's the Lord's solution for problem solving. It's it's a unique word. So check this out. It's a unique word that is given by God at a critical time or a moment in need. It's not it's not just remembering a piece of wisdom from the Word of God that's guiding you in a circumstance. This is when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, uniquely gives you at that moment wisdom that is necessary to guide and to direct you. I love when that happens too, by the way. It's like, oh, thank you, Lord. You use that. Per- and God can use any of us for that, by the way. Can use that gift. And it's glorious when it happens. It's so beautiful. And so if you, listen, and if you have that gift, please use it. Don't be afraid. Well, pastor, I used it one time and people got mad at me. It's okay. Keep using that gift. Be encouraged today. Because what can happen is sometimes we blow it, don't we? You guys ever blow it? No, that's like 30% of the room. You guys pray for the rest of us. We can blow it, can't we? We can even blow it using our gifts. And you know what can happen? We can be fearful and step away and not use our gifts any longer. We've had people at church here that have been sitting for years. Someone was super critical of them. And they weren't using their gifts because they were afraid. And it's like, no, 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 no. You get right back up. You get off the canvas and get back in the game. You get, off the, you get off the bench, 
Get off the turf. Get back up and allow the Lord to use your life. Word of, word of knowledge. And by the way, notice every time it says through the Spirit. This is a work of the Holy Spirit through that person's life. Something, someone says something you needed to hear exactly at that moment. It's glorious. The word of knowledge is supernatural understanding of something. It's the, given, it's, it's the God-given ability in a moment to have knowledge of a particular situation that would have otherwise been unknown. In other words, God discloses to you a piece of information that otherwise you would have no clue about. You know when it happens? Let me, let me show with you when it happens. There are some times when I'm teaching, and I'll just kind of move off of the text, and I'll say something, and you know what will happen? Someone will talk to me after service. Who told you? Did my wife email you? Did you are you tapping our phone? How did you know that? And I'll say, dude, I had no cl- I got two brain cells that are super colliding that are left here. I'm just sharing what the Lord puts on my heart, desiring for you to be built up and loved and encouraged. And, but there's times when you hear something, it's like, how in the world? Oh, it's the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, you want me to repent. You want me to make an adjustment. Oh, I see clearly. Thank you for speaking. Isn't that amazing? Again, God would speak to your heart in that way. We have a speaking God. We don't worship dumb idols. We have a speaking God who wants to speak to us and through us in a special way in order for the profit of all that we'd all be built up. And so through the same Spirit, it's a work of the Holy Spirit through that person's life. Look at verse 9. To another is given what? The gift of faith. This is supernatural, special trust in God for something in the face of gnarly circumstances. Or a trust in God that he'll do something fantastic, something radical. Listen, this is not saving faith. This is not when you place your trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and and welcome into the kingdom. This is a special moment when, guess what happens? This is not optimism either. This is God, give, it's a unique work of God's Spirit in a person's life that gives extraordinary faith, whether it's in difficult circumstances or, to, or a fantastic thing that needs to be done. I lo- you know what? I love when people operate in this gift. Sometimes it seems off the wall. <laughs> I know some of the leadership here are like, Pastor, it's off the wall, man. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys are like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's such a necessary gift. I, th- I think of an example of it was when Peter walked on water at that moment. Gift of faith begins to cruise out. Notice it's by the same Spirit. This is also a work of the Holy Spirit in that person's life. Look at what else in verse 9. To another is given, receives the gifts... Please notice this plural, the gifts of healings. Gifts of supernatural healings. This is not the gift of the healer. What do I mean by that? I don't believe the Bible teaches that anybody in the body of Christ has the gift of healing that can be exercised at any time, anywhere. Why? Because if someone had that gift, what would they do? They'd go down and take care of all the coronavirus people, all the kids at Texas Children's. 
but God desires to bring gifts of healings through people's lives as he desires. I mean, I think about Paul. The Apostle Paul, remember he wrote to Timothy and said, Timothy, um, drink a little wine for your stomach sake. You guys remember that? Timmy had tummy troubles. He didn't say go find someone with the gift of healing. James chapter 5. Those who are sick, what are you supposed to do? Can you send the elders over to pray for me? I'm sick. James didn't say, call for someone with the gift of healing. But listen, God uses certain people at particular times and in various ways to heal. I have seen God heal cancer. I've seen God heal burns. I've seen God heal illness. It has been glorious. And it's, he does it in such radical ways. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's some time, and listen, when you come to me for prayer, if you're sick or you're ill, I always pray God will heal you. Always. Like in Acts chapter, I can't remember what chapter it was, early on. What did the early church pray? That God would stretch forth his hand and heal. I, and some of you guys know that. I always pray that for you. I, and there's certain people, when I'm sick, I go to them because I know they're going to pray the same way. You know what I believe? The Bible teaches that for the Christian, God always brings the healing. <gasps> what? You do, Pastor? Isn't that some kind of name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, boy? Listen, sometimes he touches someone and brings the healing in this life. Sometimes he chooses not to bring physical healing in this life, but he brings it when we go home to heaven and we get that brand new body. Oh, he heals. And it's by the same Spirit. These are also a work of the Holy Spirit through that person's life. And listen, healings are not just someone that's ill. Someone can be jacked up mentally or have issues. And God uses you in a special way to minister to that person. Some people have a heart to minister to those that are hurting, to those that, ha- that have, been j- have a jacked up past or whatever. They've gone through difficult situations, and people have a heart to do that. That's why if you have this gift or this gifting, then guess what? Use that gift. And there's some times when, you know what? Again, we're going to blow it, aren't we? It's okay. Keep using it for the glory of God. Well, look at verse 10. We're almost done here. How many verses did we? Verse 11 is the end, right? To another is given... Or person receives what? Working of miracles. That is a supernatural operation of God's power in a given situation. In other words, when God does things outside the normal. Um, and it happens around us, you guys. For the body of Christ, to His glory. When God overrides natural laws, He is able and capable of doing that. And by the way, when He does that, when you see him do that, give him the glory, give him the thanks, give him the praise. To another, the gift of what? What did your Bible say? Verse 10. The gift of what's next? Prophecy. And we see two uses of this in the New Testament. It's either foretelling something in the future, which we see example of, you guys remember Agabus in the book of Acts told Paul, listen, you're going to be bound up. Uh, when you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be bound in chains, man. He told him before it happened. 
Listen, if someone is foretelling the future, it better happen with 100% accuracy. Are you with me? What would happen in the Old Testament if they missed one? With rocks, right? They get stoned. Oh, we going to bring that back, Pastor? Oh. <laughs> there, are some people, there are some people out there that self-proclaimed prophets. Because you believe everything you read on the internet, right? You don't believe everything you read on the internet, do you? There's some people out. Listen, we are to not despise prophecies, but what? Test all things, hold fast that which is good. First Thessalonians 5. Or to test those things. When you hear someone that shares something, you test it with your Bible. You make sure, because listen, God, listen, don't miss this this morning. God will never contradict his word. And some people may say, I got a word for you. I got a prophecy for you, brother. Bring it. Let's hear it. Cool. And, and you take it, but you line it up with the word of God, right? It'll never supersede the word of God. Some people actually, some self-proclaimed prophets say that they're, what they say is online in par with Scripture. That's baloney. Scripture, the, the canon of Scripture is closed, man. Are you with me on that? And listen, God has your phone number. He's not going to leave you out of the loop. I've had people share stuff with me, you know. I got a, I got a word for you, bro. Hallelujah, thank you. And I take it, I tuck it away, line it up with Scripture. Great, I'm going to tuck it away and see what happens. Prophecy is also forth-telling, speaking forth the Word of God. (laughs) Speaking forth the Word of God. Why? We learn later in chapter 14, someone that prophesies speaks words of edification, exhortation, and comfort to men, building up others. And so, does that make sense, you guys? Hopefully, I'm on the same page. To another, the discerning of spirits. That's the gift of recognizing or distinguishing something that is real from the counterfeit concerning spiritual things. In in other words, you sense when someone or something is not right or phony is the idea. It happens, it's a unique gift God gives you. And in a moment when the veil is lifted back so you can see what's happening behind the scenes. I think an example of that, remember when the Apostle Paul, he was at Philippi in the book of Acts, and that slave girl, right, the, the tarot card, the, the, the fortune teller was following him all around. And it's, everything sounded right, didn't it? Hey, these, men's, these men are servants of the Most High God, and wow, they're, you know, they serve the Lord. And what does Paul do? He's like, wait a minute, time out. He turns around and, right, he, by the grace of God, the demons cast out of her. She gets saved. But he recognized where that was coming from. And I think that was an exercise of the discerning of spirits, possibly an example. To another person, different kinds of tongues. Um, we'll learn more about this in chapter 14. It's the gift of praising God in a language that person did not know before. And this is not a learned language. This is not a native tongue, native language. This is a prayer language that God gives you. And some languages are known. Some languages are unknown. And so it is a unique gift to praise God. And what does it do? We're going to learn later to build yourself up, 
to edify yourself. There's two uses. One is personal prayer, and the other is in a, a, a gathering of two or more, but it's necessary and needed when someone, when someone praises the Lord with a tongue, there hap- absolutely has to be an interpretation. Otherwise, like, nope, shut it down, uh-uh. We'll learn about that in chapter 14. So someone, you need someone with the gift of interpretation of tongues, which is the next gift, the ability to interpret the language someone is using to praise God. Why? Because it's, in, it's important, because if, if someone's praising the Lord in a, in, a, in, a, in a small gathering or a congregational gathering, and there's no interpretation, who's built up? Nobody, just him. And again, the gifts are meant when we use them together to build for the profit of all. Didn't we just read that? To build one another up. Well, verse 11 as we finish. We're out of time. Spiritual gifts and God's sovereignty. Look what it says. There is one Holy Spirit. And what does He do? He works all these things. He's the one behind the scenes. Operating, orchestrating, distributing. It's the Holy Spirit who gives to each person individually or uniquely. Notice what it says. As He wills. And you know what? If you're taking notes, John chapter 14, 15, and 16, Jesus gives us built-in protection to understand the working and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Why is that important? Because people sometimes attribute certain behaviors and actions and activities to the Holy Spirit, and it doesn't correspond to what Jesus said about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always point us to Jesus. Jesus also said that it will be, things will be done in His name. When it's done under the influence of the Holy Spirit, according to His nature, according to His character as well, there's built-in protection for us, you guys. As the Holy Spirit wills, He gives. Because you may be saying, well, if I, open, if, I say, if I pray to get one of these gifts and I get the gift of tongues, what's going to happen if I go to H-E-B and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's going to make me... Mama say, Mama sa, Mama kusa, you know, or whatever. Uh, no, the, the fruit of the Spirit is self control. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's. <laughs> but listen, it, the whole, it's as He wills, as He chooses, as He desires to give us these gifts. The Holy Spirit will always point us to Jesus. And it'll always look like Jesus. You know, because sometimes people say, you know, people rolling and, and barking in the Spirit. I never saw Jesus do that. When Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit, it says in the Gospels that He thanked the Father and praised the Father in prayer. You know, again, it, we need to line up what we see, what we hear with the Word of God. Listen, this morning, you are the way you are because the Holy Spirit has gifted you that way. You are unique. You are special. And listen, the body of Christ needs you. The way God has gifted you, the way He's wired you. And many people don't know what their spiritual gifts are 
God gives us gifts. Maybe you're saying, how do I find out? And let me tell you again, I'm going to remind you again, start serving the Lord. Start serving Jesus. And as you step out in faith, and as God uses you, you will discover your spiritual gift. It may be someone tells you, listen, man, you're gifted in this area, and you never saw it at all. But listen, can I encourage you to get off the sidelines? We're missing out. If you're sitting on the sidelines, we're not benefiting from your life. And you have a lot to offer. God has gifted you. It's time, it's time to reach your full potential. To step out in faith and see what God will do. Are you with me this morning? Some of us? Listen, it's time to step out in faith and see what God will do in your life. It's an adventure of faith. And it's glorious. Because He's the one that gets seen. It's a manifestation of the Spirit. It's a revealing of God in your life. You're going to get to see God work in special ways that you weren't seeing before. And it's wonderful. It's amazing. You're like, wow, what was I waiting for? There's no reason to wait. It starts serving the Lord and watch what he'll do in your life for his glory in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you so much this morning. Thank you for your word. And um, Lord, for speaking to our hearts, I pray, God, please, that my brothers and sisters would take away what's come from you. God, any chaff would be blown away, that the precious would be removed from the vile, that we would walk in the things you've ministered to our hearts, that we would know you more, make you known. Thank you, God. I thank you for all the giftings and callings, Lord, in this church, in your body. May those gifts and callings be stirred up even now. That we wouldn't waste any more time. I thank you for the great things you're doing, Lord, the great things you're going to do. May your good hand continue to be upon us.